the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Give Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with the co-founder of Thrive Rescue, uh, Jeremy Krause. Uh, Jeremy and his wife, and actually we have some news actually before I, you know, most important, right, is Jeremy and his wife just gave birth to their baby girl, Hannah. Congratulations, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, so he's in studio with me today uh, on a, after a sleepless night, um, but, but it's with purpose because the work that he's doing, creating justice and hope for, for, the, for those that he serves is so important. Uh, a little bit about Thrive Rescue, his organization. In 2013, he founded it, and I think you're the co-founder, is that right, Jeremy? Uh, yes, correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so he co-founded it in 2013 out of a desire to see justice and hope return to those around the world. And he has extensive experience working with families, youth and children in various capacities. Um, he's a motivational speaker and again, serves as the founder and president of the board of Thrive Rescue. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I love that you you state here when you are asked what you hope for the rescued, you come back and say that it is to see them finish school, to receive the love and care of a family and to be safe, to be whole and to thrive in life. And so what a beautiful desire for the people that you rescue. And, you know, one of the things I'm very passionate about is rescue is not enough. And so for you to have vision for the, you know, where they are headed after rescue is just really beautiful. Again, um, welcome to the show, Jeremy. So glad to have you. Thank you so much. It's exciting to be here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share our story. And uh, uh, just just excited about what God's doing and, and what's happening with, you know, not, not just our organization, but uh, as a whole right now in, uh, you know, anti-human trafficking efforts, you know, like Love Never Fails, just, just the collaborative um, effort uh, of what's going on. We're seeing kids rescued every day here. It seems in America, we're seeing children that are found that have been gone for, for weeks, months, and sometimes years. And um, so it's just great to be here and gr- great to, to meet you and just kind of see what God is doing in, in our area of work. Absolutely. And so just just so, you know, it, it looks like just as I'm looking through, you know, your bio here, you are providing survivor aftercare, specifically housing to survivors in Thailand. You are also doing some work around hunger relief, making sure that people are are fed in some of the local slums. We, we know that food um, insecurity is one of the things that make someone vulnerable to trafficking. And then, and then you also have a Thrive Justice School, which is a faith-based intensive training and fighting powering of those that are fighting against injustices surrounding human trafficking. Again, all of these 
uh, programs based in but Pattaya. Am I saying that right? Pattaya. You know, I've Thailand. heard it said all different ways. I say Pattaya. Some people say Pattaya. Okay. Um, I still have. I lived there for nine years. I'm still not quite sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you, how did this happen? Like you, you did, how did you and Thailand come Pattaya or Pattaya of Thailand? How did you guys collide and how did you develop this heart for feeding and housing and educating survivors of human trafficking? Thank you for asking that question. About 10 years ago, actually, Actually, really about 12 years ago, I went to Thailand on a mission trip and it was the second mission trip that I'd been on. The first one, I, I went with like a group of pastors and we did a, conf- a pastor's conference in the Philippines. And so it was pretty like, that, that was a pretty easy one. I just kind of followed the lead of the other pastors that put everything on and, and it was it was fun. It was great. Well, I, I was praying and fasting, I was just kind of asking God, you know, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And I felt like he spoke to me one day and and he said, go to Thailand. And my initial reaction was, I don't know anybody in Thailand. And immediately I felt like he spoke to me and said, it's okay. I know lots of people in Thailand. (laughs) That's beautiful. So I said, okay. So I, I got on the internet and within two weeks, a week and a half, two weeks, um, I was uh, booked solid for three months in Thailand, Cambodia, and Malaysia uh, to to speak at churches, to speak in Bible studies, to minister at different you know ministries, and and do some trainings and stuff like that. And I uh, I, I just kind of took that as a sign from the Lord that that what I heard was really Him. Figured the devil wouldn't want me to preach the gospel in different parts of the world, so I, that was definitely the Lord. And so I went and. You know, at the, it was an amazing time. It was it was a it was a very hard trip because I'd never been to that area before Southeast Asia, and I was heading it up. I was the one that was like planning everything, so uh, it was definitely challenging at times. But it was an amazing experience. And at the end of my time there, I ended up in Pattaya, and I was a keynote speaker at a pastors conference there. So we had all these high pastors and something about the city that we were in. And I, again, I didn't know anything about that city. I didn't know anything about um, human trafficking. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that child sex trafficking was a thing, but while I was there, I felt connected to that city. And I, uh, I would tell these pastors, I would say, Hey, I feel connected to the city. I feel like I'm supposed to do something. And uh, there was a couple of them there. They would just look at me with disgust in their face. And they would say, why would you ever want to do anything here? This is the Sodom and Gomorrah of Thailand. Go up north. Go go where all the other missionaries go. It's easier. It's better. Um, There's a bigger community there. The weather's nicer. And, you know, I would just smile and nod my head. Um, But in my heart, I just knew I was supposed to do something there. And again, I didn't know what. And so when I got back to America, I began to research Pattaya. I Googled it and found out that on any given night, there was 20 to 30,000 prostitutes out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I found out that it was one of the capitals of the world for sex trafficking. And, And again, back then, I didn't know what it was. So I actually had to look up, okay, what is sex trafficking? And um, was just blown away by that. But then... What happened next was was mind blowing, and that was the fact that I found out Pattaya was one of the uh, capitals of the world for child sex trafficking. Wow! And when yeah. I found that out, I, I was just I, like, I didn't, I, I couldn't, it wouldn't compute. I was just blown away, and so I knew right away that I had to do something there. And so what I did was I, I looked for an organization that took in children. Uh, 13 and under who had been sexually trafficked and abused specifically. And I couldn't find one. And so when I couldn't find one, I, I wanted to support one, but I couldn't find one. So when I, when I couldn't find one, uh, that's when I, I went ahead and said, you know, we're going to start Thrive Rescue. This is what we're going to do. And, uh, and kind of the rest is history. And so uh, after about a year and a half of planning, I sold everything I had and uh, moved to Thailand and opened up our first home. Isn't that something? And just, so, I mean, wow, that what an incredible story. And I love it. it, it I identify with it so much because 
you know, I too, as soon as the Lord wrecked my the life that I thought I was supposed to be having, which was being a, you know, a senior leader at it in the tech industry in Silicon Valley. And he's like, oh, no, you're going to quit that job and you're going to go and and, you know, serve survivors in your organization. Love never fails. And I'm like, wait, huh? What? What? Excuse me. <laughs> so the fact that you sold everything that you had and moved to Thailand, I'm like, OK, this guy's cray cray like me. That's awesome. <laughs> Just the kind of guy I like. OK, we're going to actually take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about how you came um, to the realization or came to the structure that you came to in terms of housing, education and food. Right. So that's your focus. How did you come to that? What led you to that? I'd love the listening audience to hear more about it. We're going to come right back and uh, listen in as we learn more about Thrive Rescue. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Jeremy Krause, who is the co-founder of Thrive Rescue. Uh, And Thrive Rescue is an organization that is serving survivors of human trafficking um, in an an aftercare capacity, providing them housing, uh, providing them education, and also uh, uh, providing some food for those who are uh, living in hunger uh, there in in Thailand. And so they are doing a job of serving of reaching out and um, just started this ministry, uh, you know, what, 12 years ago, you said, I think it was 12 years. So wonderful, wonderful work. Um, I wanted to drill down, uh, Jeremy, on um, how you came to the structure of your program. Why housing? Why education? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I I started off youth pastoring in Santa Barbara. So I, when I first got out of Bible school, and so I've always, you know, kind of worked with like, youth and families um, ended up launching a couple of churches. But uh, at one point in my ministry, I um, actually worked in a residential care facility uh, in Arizona. And so that was kind of where I had the most experience at more than that. It was really just a, I need to go do something. What can I do? I'm going to, I know I can go, re- I know I can go open a home. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we're going to get children. I don't know how, this is all going to look, but I, I got to do something. So this is what I'm doing. When I went to Thailand, I, I literally had a couple bags with me and that was everything I had and started networking with people. And the first Sunday I was there, a Christian businessman said, Hey, I want to show you a house that's for lease. And I think it's perfect for what you want to do. And so we uh, went and looked at it. And I want to say this, one of the things in my ministry is to help people thrive, no matter what you're doing in life. And so a lot of times we hear stories of success without the details of failure. I want to make sure that I put in there that for a year before I sold everything and moved to Thailand, for a whole year, year and a half, I was planning, I was looking at the real estate market, I was looking at homes that were available, I was finding out how much it was for to minimum wage and what the laws were on opening up a home there and 
and what you had to do to incorporate as a nonprofit in another country. And so there's a lot of like things that went into it. I didn't just show up and like, boom, you know, it it was a, it was a miracle in progress that was working. And so uh, when I looked at this home, the owner uh, showed us around, it was perfect. And he said, I know what you're going to do with this home. I really want to lease it to you. Um, I really want to be involved. And I said, okay, well, how much do you want for it? And what he doesn't know to this day, one, and I've said this a hundred times at least, one day he'll watch one of these and, and laugh. But what he doesn't know is I had seen his home for lease on the internet hmm. while I was in America. And wow. it, was too, it was too expensive. It was perfect, but it was too expensive. We couldn't afford it. And uh, when we got there and he showed it to us, I realized this is the one that I had been looking at. And I said, how much do you want to lease it to us for? And the price that he gave us was half of what I saw on the internet. And so now it was, now it was in our budget and we said, yes, we signed paperwork and, and that was our first home. And we have been in that home for eight and a half years now, almost nine years. We just moved out uh, into a property. We went from one home to four homes. And then we just moved into a property uh, which has an 11 bedroom home for us. And it's, it's about an acre of land and it's just amazing how God got us in that and, and what he's doing now. So, and do you own these homes or are you leasing them? No. So what we did was we, uh, we leased uh, all of our homes, which, uh, which I don't recommend, but it was just what we could do. What you have to do. Same. And and so now that we're in this property, we're working with the owner and the foundation that actually has control of it. And they're just really working with us and just giving us a great deal so that we can continue to, to rescue children and just provide them the best aftercare possible. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so it sounds like you had this sort of experience around residential care. You decided that was going to be the way that you were going to go into this. You did your research. There are people that are listening, Jeremy. I get calls and emails all the time saying, you know, um, I want to open a house, you know, tell me how. And I, and I say to them, I kid you not, residential care is the hardest thing you will ever do in your life. Bringing someone in your home from the street with their own culture, their own background, their own challenges, and making them feel accepted and loved, meeting them where they are, you know, having structure that they can come into, fold into. Then you had, you know, language issues that came up, I'm sure. Do you, do you speak the local language? Uh, Nitnoy, a little Nitnoy. bit, a little, little bit. Okay. And uh, I, I do I, enough to where they think I speak Thai, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I usually have a translator with me. We have an amazing staff over there. Yeah. Our program manager, our social worker, they both speak English and Thai. Um, and then our, our house moms and, you know, house parents. And some of our kids speak English as well. So anytime we have volunteers that go, sometimes we'll have them that will go over and teach English for a week or two or a month or mm-hmm. so. And yeah, and so it works out great. So, yeah. But normally when I meet with police, when we're meeting with government social workers or, or government officials, I always have a translator with me because I don't know enough to have a full blown conversation. So, wow. And so how many, how many children or is it women or children or both that you're housing? It's just children. Um, We really focus on uh, 13 and under. Now we do have children that are older than that, but when we, when we receive kids, we work with the police, we work with the, the government. We only take children 13 and under. Okay. Um, so that being said, some of them, we're the only home that they have. We're the only family that they have. So one of our rules is they don't age out. When they turn 18, as long as they're making progress, as long as they're doing good, they're our kids, they're our family, we're their family. And so I, I didn't want to age children out. Uh, and so one of our oldest right now, she is 18. She's in her senior year of high school. And She's doing great. She just messaged me the other day. Hey, Pa, Jeremy, how you doing? And she actually wants to, she's, we're not sure for sure yet, but she really uh, would like to come here and go to college. And so we're looking oh, wow. at hopefully bringing her over here on an education visa so she can go to college here. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I wanted to mention to you is that our IT classes, our self-study IT classes are accessible to your your program members. And that's one of the things that I felt very strongly about in becoming a Cisco Networking Academy and offering those classes is that I wanted to offer them for free to across the globe. Um, of course, we do we do have a cost for ones that the seats that are instructor led, but the seats that are self study, which you know you could have a little um, you could have a little cohort there with somebody who had an affinity for technology, and yes. they could be hosting the class in Thai and really supporting your students out there. So I just want to throw that out there. I'm very passionate about people learning tech because tech is in disrupting every industry. And it's so important that our underserved and under-resourced understand at least the foundational principles Absolutely. of technology. So just throwing it out there, if um, that's so much. that would be of interest. Yeah. So I think it's wonderful what you're doing. And wow, 13 and, and under, so young. We're going to talk about that in just a moment, you know, about your youngest and about what is the dynamic there? Why is this happening um, on, you know, on a macro level? And then, then, you know, some of the things that you're seeing some, you know, like your, your student who is now uh, thinking about um, coming to the United States and gaining more education. We're, we're going to come back and hear some more stories. Hang on tight. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Thrive Rescue, uh, the uh, co-founder and CEO, Jeremy Krause. And we're just having a great time talking about the care that he's providing in the, in the, in the form of, of housing, food, and also of education. Uh, during the break, I learned something really exciting that Thrive um, Rescue is not just looking at Thailand, but also in Mexico, in, um, in Port- Portugal, did you say? Peru, Peru. Peru, okay. But I would love Portugal, too. That would be a great place, I feel, for me to go. Yeah, right. Help out and serve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I want to go to the Bahamas and help and serve Amen. there too. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, and then also potentially India. Wow, yes. I've always wanted to go to India. Um, and I've just prayed for. I've always said, God, you know, because I just love Indian people and. I also love, I speak Spanish. I love Central America and all the, all the cultures. I love languages. I love people. I love culture, yes. food. I love food. But yes, anyway, that's, that's a problem of mine. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but um, so all the places that you're saying you want to go, I would love to uh, just, you know, just tag along. Just, just take me. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. So, you and your four kids and me and my seven. No. <laughs> there you go. Come on. We need a small plane. Right. A small plane, a little, little private jet there. Just thinking a little bit about that expansion. So here you are, you started off with this house that you found on the internet and then it was confirmed. It was the right one when you met the person at half price. 
So funny. I have to tell you, Jeremy, the first house we got into, literally, it was like, okay, I'd never done residential care. And I wasn't looking to do, you know, everything that that God told me to do here was like, okay, I have no experience doing this at all. But he just put everything in my pathway. And like you, this is the part that's kind of tripping me out. I went to meet with, so this lady told me, uh, Maddie, Maddie Green, hi, from uh, Allen Temple Street Disciples. She told me, um, hey, you know, I found out about this house. You know, I'm not ready for it yet, but I think you are. And she gave me the information about where this house was in the Bay Area. And she gave me a federal grant. I'll never, I'll never forget it. This was, this was like six, seven years ago. She gave me this federal grant and she handed it, the packet to me. And she said, you should apply for this grant and you should go see about this house. And I went to, uh, I went to meet with the owner of the home. And the guy looked at me and he said, and like you, he said, you know, he's like, I just love what you're doing. And I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to cut the cost of the house in half. Wow. He gave me a discount of $26,000 wow. on the house, on the lease of the house for the year. Cut it in half. And then I went over to a philanthropic woman that I met in San Francisco. And I said, look, I'm just out, I'm on, stepping out on a whim here. And, you know, I, I, I have to open a house because I have women coming out of my ears that need somewhere to go. And literally, she just pulled out her checkbook, Jeremy, and wrote me a check for $75,000 and just wow. handed it to me. And seven weeks later. I was moving into this house that <laughs> Maddie Green told me about. The guy cut it in half. The woman gave me the money. I don't even know. I don't even know. And the day we opened, we were full. We had four, we had five kids and five women in wow. the home on day one. And wow. we never looked back. You know, now we have Right. And so uh, anyway, just very similar to what, you know, it's just that stepping out on faith, isn't it, Jeremy? It really, it really is. I was just, it's funny you say, I was just going to say, you know what? It's all about stepping out and just saying, I don't know way. I just know God has directed me in this direction. I don't know exactly the details, but I know I'm supposed to go. And it's like, when you take that step, God just miraculously says, oh, there's some faith there. I'm well pleased. Boom. And he takes, he takes care of it. You know, I always say when you step out and when you share the vision, God always takes care of the provision Provision. Um, because sharing the vision is, you know, when you're, when you're walking it out and when you're sharing with people, this is what we're going to do. God sees it as, as faithful and, and, uh, and supplies the provision. So uh, I love hearing stories like that. Yeah. Ooh, so encouraging to me too. <laughs> and you know, what's so funny is that my husband always said when I was working at Cisco and I was making a boatload of money, he, he would say, you know, I'd say, honey, you know, I'm not a money person. Why am I here? And he would say, it's the provision for the vision. He would always Amen. tell me that. And that's how he kept my butt in the seat for many, many years until the Lord said it was time to go. And I knew it was time to go when he, when he had came into agreement and said, leave your, your bomb.com job, you know, <laughs> and, and go and do love never fails full time. And so your wife had to go along with you, huh? She had to yeah, agree yeah. with you selling everything and moving to Thailand. How did you convince yeah. her to do that? Uh, you know, she was, she was gun ho. She was ready to go. So it was, it was not a, it wasn't a, it wasn't hard a thing sales job, huh? No, no, not at all. <laughs> See that yeah. and everything. God works everything together, you know, for the good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And so, wow! Absolutely. So here you are. You open up this house, and then what? You begin to see that people are hungry. You education. How did all of that come to pass? So, um, so I started networking with uh, pastors and you know Thai pastors and. Um, uh, social workers and uh, government social workers and the police and just letting them know what we were there to do. And so I'll never forget our, our first, uh, one of our first children, 
I got a call from a pastor and he said, hey, I have a, a friend who's a pastor on an island, uh, a Thai island right off the coast there. And he just rescued a girl and I want to take you out to meet him. So our social worker, uh, my social worker and I went out there with this pastor and we met uh, with this pastor on the island. And uh, we found out we didn't meet the girl the first day, but what we found out was that uh, somebody had been selling her. This is, you know, a 12 year old girl, a 13 year old girl. Um, and somebody had been taking her out on a small boat out to the cargo ships that were lining up to, to go into port. And, and she would be sold to those cargo ships, uh, to the men on those cargo ships. And so um, this pastor rescued her. He didn't really know what to do with her. He just, he just knew that he was supposed to protect her. And um, so the next day he, he said, can, can my wife and I and bring this girl to your home tomorrow? And of course we said, yes, that's what we're here for. And so, um, so they came to our home. And one of the things that, that I'm big on is I, when any adult or child walked into our home in Thailand, I wanted them to be like, wow, this is amazing. And so we really deck, tried to decorate and just paint and make it look, give it the wow factor. And so uh, we took her, you know, took them all throughout the house and gave them a tour and we showed her one of the rooms that she would be staying in. And it had, of course, a couple bunk beds in there and, and mattresses. And I'll never forget. She ran over to a mattress and sat on it and she, she pushed on it like this and she looked at me and she said, spring. And I said, yeah, it's a spring mattress. And she was so blown away that she was going to be able to sleep on a, a, a spring mattress. She had never wow. slept on a mattress before. She had, she never had anything like that. And so, wow. um, they were getting ready to leave. And of course uh, the pastor and his wife asked her, would you like to live here? And without hesitation, she said, yes. And so that was our, that was our first girl that, um, that we rescued and, and were able to, to bring aftercare to in Thailand. And was it, 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 wow. And just beautiful, just beautiful. And I, you know, that so touching 12 years old, that's my daughter's age. Yeah. You know, and um, our our youngest daughter, and uh, it just—I never get used to that. I never get used to knowing that there is a baby out there, and even younger, that Absolutely. are being treated in that way. And you know, and you know, someone someone told me that I have a a birthing anointing, Amen. mama bear anointing. So. It's like when I think of that little baby coming and, and, and sleeping on your spring mattress, it brings me so much joy. Um, I can't even explain the joy of even just visualizing her. Um, last week, I had the opportunity to do a, a, a education on human trafficking for 250 middle and high school students. And the middle school students were around that age. You know, some of them were around that age, 13, 12. And they're so tiny. Yeah. They're so little. Yeah. And I've even felt ashamed to talk to them about sex trafficking because they're so little and tiny. And I yeah. said, there's no way I'm, I'm talking to them about these serious topics. But I have to because if I don't, there will be someone who will come and ensnare them. And so. You know, yeah, just yeah. bless you and your staff for doing that Thank and you. for loving on them and help giving them a place to be a kid again. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, That's what it's all about. And has that, ha you know, like what is your process? Do you how do you take them through? And and did this young lady stay the course? Because sometimes they go back. What? What? How did that go? So because that's one of the reasons why we take our. uh 13 and under, because yeah. we know uh, when you start hitting 14 and, and I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know the, the technical or medical um, significance here, but, but I do know this. We've never had a 13 year old or younger. We've never had them run away or want to leave or want to go like wherever. Wow. What I do know is this, when we've had 14 or 15 year olds brought over, they're now they're in a place where they're developing Stockholm um, and, and where they're like, 
oh, they'll stay for a couple of weeks and then boom, they're, they're right back out. And so, um, you know, when they begin to hit those teenage years, it's, it's still not a choice, but in their mind, yeah, it's their life and their choice. And so they end up mm. going back. And you see that's that in Thailand, do. even you see that oh, there as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So 13 and under, like our kids, they're not, they weren't prostituting on the streets. They were sold by somebody. They were um, enslaved, but you know, like it's, it, it, there was no, by their family, right? Some like someone absolutely. in the family. Okay. Absolutely. There, there was no thinking about it. Hmm. Okay. I need to make money for my family. And, and that's still, that's still human trafficking. I mean, there's still, right. but, but as far as our kids are concerned, there was no thinking about it. There was, uh, for instance, one of our girls, uh, her mother was selling her out of the slums and yeah. the first three times that she was sold, her mother said, Hey, your dad's coming to pick you up today. Mm-hmm. And some foreigner would come and pay money and pick her up. And she would say, think, Oh, this is my dad. And then, you know, she right. would be raped. And so, um, oh so most of our kids were in situations like that or, or you know, and, and so, um, so when they get to our home, they're excited. They don't want to leave. They're, they're very, they get comfortable there. They know they're safe. They know they can go to the refrigerator and get a snack anytime they want. They know they're loved. Um, they're being taken to the doctor, the dentist, um, you know, the whole nine yards. So beautiful. Okay. We're going to take a break. Wow. I'm just so encouraged. Um, just love this. Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to come right back and thanks for listening to love never fails radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. Um, We are back in studio with Jeremy Krause, the co-founder of Thrive Rescue. Um, We're just talking about um, his experience, the first young lady, a 12-year-old that he housed in his home in Thailand. And um, and, in the fact, the the way in which, again, um, it sounds like you very strategically went in to uh, um, take in um, young ladies, you know, 13 and below, um, based on early intervention, um, you know, and, and we know for us, uh, just now we, we've recently opened up a house for youth, um, 13 to awesome. 17 and wow. on August 17th, but our, we have no one in our home, um, after one month, uh, you know, of, of being vacant and, you know, the house is ready. We have four beds, we have staff, we have everything set up um, that we don't have. We've had four, uh, five girls um, that have started the process of coming in, but have backed out um, because they, you know, they really want to stick around with whoever they're, they're dealing with. And so to your earlier point about Stockholm syndrome and trauma bonding, it is extremely challenging to get a hold of them after they've met, you know, they've passed that threshold. So this is really um, great information for me to have from you, you know, uh, you know, experience um, that you're, you're encountering because our hope is to, 
to prevent to yes. prevent a life of exploitation. So how young, what is the youngest girl that you've had in your home? So our youngest, it, it's still fresh in my mind and it's still very, we get calls from the police um, regularly. And so on this particular day, we got a call from the police and they said, we, we need you to go down and sit in the hospital. Uh, when So 24 hours a day. So we had our, our staff take, uh, shifts sitting with this young girl and um, they said she's two and so when we arrived at the hospital uh, we witnessed this little two-year-old girl I mean she was a, a child and uh, she had chunks of hair pulled out of her head she had burn marks on uh, you know all over her body she had a broken elbow and then somebody had tried to rape her and uh, and we uh, literally took shifts, uh, just watching her, making sure nobody was going to come in and try to take her again or harm her in any way. The doctors came in and they did an evaluation, uh, a doctor and a surgeon. They said, um, this is like the first or second day she was there. And they said, you know, we're, we're probably going to have to do reconstructive surgery on her and just kind of put her back together. And, uh, and of course, we were like, okay. Uh, but they left and, and we just began to pray and say, God, you know, you're a healer. You're, you're, uh, you know, you're Jehovah Rapha, you know, and, and uh, she, you know, it, she's already been through so much, Lord, like it, we know you can heal her. And so we just pray that you would do that. And so the next day uh, they came back to reevaluate her and uh, they were shocked and they evaluated her and they looked at us and they said, we've never seen this before. But she's healing so fast that we don't need to do surgery. And, of My course, God. we knew. We were like, well, yeah, that's our God, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, it was amazing. And so I, I'll never forget, and I know we're running out of time, but I'll never forget. It took two weeks for her to, to come up and give me a hug. Every time I go to the house, uh, I would, you know, I would say, so what cop? And the kids would say, so what cop, Pa Jeremy? And they run up and give me a hug, you know, around the waist, around the legs or whatever. And, and um and so this particular girl would watch them and for two weeks, usually it takes about a week before a girl knows that I'm, a, I'm safe. I'm, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm not there to hurt. I'm there to protect this two year old for two weeks did nothing. And the last day of the second week, I said, bye, the kids ran out to me, gave me a hug. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw her playing princess with one of the dollhouses we had. And as soon as the other kids began to leave, I turned around and began to walk out the door and she ran up to me, Pa Jeremy, Pa Jeremy, somebody cop, and just gave me a big hug. And uh, I still have that picture on my phone today and I look at it, just check it out every once in a while to remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. That's excellent. And what a beautiful visual and so sad to hear that a two-year-old was treated in that way. Um, We are going to take a break. Um, One of the things that I wanted to ask you about is, um, are you, you know, maybe a little bit about the laws of the land there in Thailand and is there any, you know, the legal system in the States, there are all of these laws that are pretty, pretty, um, they're lacking. In my opinion, when I look at, you know, um, some of our penal codes and, you know, the the sentencing, I mean, just up until uh, until proposition, one of the California's against slavery uh, did a a proposition, pass a proposition at one of the highest levels a proposition ever passed, which required that, you know, we hold buyers accountable. And up until that point, you could literally pay a five hundred dollar ticket for raping a child. Um, and that's all that was required. There was no, no jail time. It was horrible. And now you can get 15 years to life for buying or exploiting a child. And so I'd love to hear what the laws are in Thailand, um, just briefly. And then also anything that you have going on, uh, where people can get involved in what you're doing. So we'll be right back. Thank you all for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. 
I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Uh, again, we're in the studio today with Jeremy Krause. Thank you so much for being on the show, Jeremy. We so appreciate you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So just briefly, you know, are there are there any legal parameters that um, can be pursued there in Thailand to hold some of these folks accountable? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think with, with Thailand, they have the laws in place. And it's just about, you know, obviously you can always add to that. But they've done a great job in, in the last 10 years that I've been there and been going back and forth um, to enforce the laws that are already there. Mm. Um, and so for Thailand, I really believe that that's where they're at. They, they have these they have laws in place. Sure, they can they can add to them. But now it's about enforcing them. Um, and and just real quick, if I could interject about Cal, you know, California, I have to say this because. Um, I'm appalled by it. And I, I, uh, but the law that was just signed in by our governor for, you know, if if you're, you know, underage and you're consenting, the whole thing with human trafficking is somebody under 18, their brain is not fully developed until they're like in their twenties. And all of a sudden we've got a governor saying, it, no, it's okay. If you're a pedophile and you want to have consensual consensual sex with a, a, a young person under 18, no problem. Right. And uh, we've, we've got to stand up. We've got to rise up. We've got to vote. We've got to change that. Absolutely. I actually reached out to Senator Weiner as well as the district attorney in Los Angeles who co-authored that bill. Um, to ask them what their logic was for some of the things that were going on. And I'm actually going to be doing a YouTube video about that. I'll send it your way, Jeremy, so you can check it out. Awesome. Um, there is a much greater strategy underway here than we actually realize. And it's really important that we um, that we are aware there's so many penal codes, penal code 261.5. There's penal, there's SB 384, which is a tiering of the sex offenders registry. There's so many different elements to this that we need to better understand so that we understand that we cannot rely on the government to protect children. It is just not going to happen in this day and age. And it's lining up with what the Bible says, right? Um, People in the last days, people will be seekers of pleasure, right? Of their own self-pleasure rather than uh, pleasing God. And that is what is happening right now. So, Sadly, that's why we're assigned the way that we are, Jeremy, and we get the good good pleasure of loving on children that the world is throwing away, unfortunately. Um, So I'm so grateful to be able to do that with you. How can people get involved with you, uh, Jeremy, in the work that you're doing? How can they support you? Sure. um, They can find us on all social media, uh, Thrive Rescue. Um, they can also visit our website at thriverescue.org. And, uh, and there's going to be a lot of opportunities coming up. I know COVID has kind of limited that. But as the borders open up with Thailand, we're going to be going back. I do four or five trips a year. Uh, in February, uh, we're going to Peru for a month um, because we were given property there. We're already incorporating there. So we'll be building four or five homes there working with the government to rescue children. 
We already have somebody on the ground in India, and we're looking to open two homes up there next year. So there'll be opportunities there. And uh, and we're starting to go into Mexico uh, more frequently now. So those are shorter trips. So some of those are just day trips. But uh, there's many opportunities. So find us on social media, um, thriverescue.org, on the, on the Internet, our website. And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Well, there's a couple other things I want to mention. Um, we, as y'all know, we have our community store, uh, Love Never Fails store. Uh, we are doing everything online now because of COVID. And you can check us out at store.loveneverfailsus.com. We did our first watch party on Facebook last week. Um, we had about 3,500 viewers. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Heidi and, and Miguel um, hosted it and it was a lot of fun. Um, urge you to go and like that page on Facebook, uh, Love Never Fails Store. Um, also, our Facebook page, which is Love Never Fails Inc., where we talk about things like SB 184 and some of the things that were the stings that are happening and across the country and nation and just making sure you're aware of what's going on. And then, of course, I want to encourage you, if you want to sign up for our IT classes, they are free. We've, we are going to continue to offer them for free throughout COVID. Um, and that is loveneverfailsus.com forward slash IT biz. Sign up today for the self-study classes. And then, of course, if you would like to support our organization with volunteering or financially um, in any way, if you want to pray for us, um, there are ways that you can do that by going to our website and learning more. There's a donate button there. There's a volunteer button there. And there's a prayer button there. So please go to our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com. Of course, I always end the show in the saying this. I want to make sure that you know, if you haven't heard it before, you need to hear it again. I want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance.